Recorded live. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Things are uh, things are rocking and rolling around here. We listed our house on Thursday of last week, and we accepted an offer on Wednesday. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had 10 showings in four days and five offers. Wow. That yeah. that's well that there we get there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> how long is your um how long is your what is it called? I guess escrow or holding period or opt out time, whatever. Like how long oh. does it take before everything's finalized? Uh settlement is scheduled for December twelfth. Okay. So Okay. Yeah. They actually wow. wanted December they wanted to um uh they wanted to settle November twenty eighth, which is the Monday after Thanksgiving, but here in Pennsylvania, that's the first day of rifle season. And my oh. husband's like, yeah, I'm not missing the first day of rifle season. <laughs> okay, what exactly is rifle season? That sounds interesting. Uh, deer hunting. Deer hunting. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what does oh. that mean? Everybody goes and buys yeah. a rifle? I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's like, it's a state holiday. I mean, in all that's... seriousness, schools are off. It's, wow. Yeah, that's a Thanksgiving break is always like Thursday through Monday, because wow, it's just yeah. So yeah, so they wanted to, they were ready to, to you know, walk in the door kind of almost straight away. But um, plus, I don't know that that would have been quite enough time. Realistically, that's only four weeks from today. Um, yeah. And to you know get everything done, and I mean they were pre-approved, but um, you know as far as us getting everything out and whatnot, and uh, you know the holiday in there. So um, yeah, so we're excited for that, and it's just kind of confirmation that. You know, God is leading us through this. I mean, yeah, um, no kidding. Yeah, and what a stressful, just selling a house is stressful, you know, just mm-hmm. waiting. And I know when we moved from Texas to Tennessee, um, it took, I don't know, like five and a half, six months to sell our house. Mm-hmm. And we were in a situation where my husband was already here. He he mm-hmm. moved in January and was living in corporate housing and we were still in Texas. And we wound up in a situation where we had to sell the house for break even just to get out from under it because we were yeah. running out of, like the corporate housing was running out. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we sold it for break even and moved one day before school started here. <laughs> wow. Um, so I, my kids were not even packed. I'm pretty sure, or, or unpacked. I'm pretty sure I bought them like clothes the day before and shoved them in school. <laughs> crazy. We didn't have anywhere to live. We were still in the corporate housing. So yeah, it can be a stressful experience, but I also feel like um, that's a good way for you to not have to worry about that. You can focus on, you know, packing and purging, whatever, whatever you're going to do with all your stuff. Cause yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure that'll be an and, interesting and journey as well. We've been doing that. I mean, we, because the, the realtor had advised us to get the house basically show ready, like, you know, model home kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so we've already been purging and we've been selling stuff. So now we have, like, we have we have, we have our furniture and things. But um, now we have to do the rest of that and, and get rid of the rest of the stuff. But we are going to have, it worked out well, we're going to have uh, Thanksgiving here one more year. I've been hosting Thanksgiving for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to have one more Thanksgiving here, which will be fun. And then, uh, yeah, but it really, I mean, it, yeah, the, the stress is gone. And I couldn't imagine like that constant, I mean, we had like three and four bookings, like Friday, Saturday, we had 
three bookings, and then Sunday mm-hmm. we had four, and it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm glad that we don't have to keep going through that because how do you live in a house and yet keep it perfect? Yeah, it was you know, pretty everything awful. Everything put away, that's, and, you know, <laughs> that's like, oh, my gosh. That's, that's, I mean, it'd be okay if it was just an adult, two adults. But no, when you have a kid, no. they don't get that. You know, they're like, whatever, I want to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty, I remember, that was the worst part because my husband wasn't even home to help yeah, me, you know, so we yeah. we had a housekeeper that came twice a week, um, and it, which was expensive, but it helped keep the house mostly, because it was a huge, it was like a 4,000 square foot house, there was no way wow. that if I had showings last minute that I was going to be able to clean everything in, you know, 20 minutes, yeah. and and then we had these laundry baskets. So I used to have the kids dump everything in the laundry basket and shove them under the bed. <laughs> Whatever was in their room, uh-huh. all over the place, that wasn't supposed to be. But that was kind of my, my method for the madness. And I made yeah. my bed for, for six months straight and made the beds, and I've never made them since. <laughs> Five years we've been here. Because <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to make the bed. Anyway, well, I'm glad. That's a relief, and I'm glad that's kind of something that you can kind of check off your list and move forward. Yeah. And it takes off yeah. some of that mental energy drain, you know, yeah. just worrying absolutely. about that. Yeah, so yeah it's, absolutely. It's, so. it's always cool when God does things that confirms, you know, that you're on the path you're supposed yeah. to be. So, yeah. cool. And well, let's, I was, that was one of the things that was kind of holding me back from getting started with uh-huh. you was kind mm-hmm. of like that uncertainty. And so... Again, just jumping in with you, it was kind of like, okay, it was all, you know, it, it it's all confirmation because I took yeah. that step of faith to jump in with you and be like, all right, whatever, I need to do this. Yeah. The house, you know, I I just gonna have to deal with it, and I yeah. now I don't have to deal with it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk really quickly about mm-hmm. the influencer spreadsheet, mm-hmm. um, the people that have been signing up, the letter. I didn't. Did you send me the letter that you had drafted? You said um, you mentioned. You it. know what? I'm gonna have to. So I started drafting it, and uh-huh. apparently the, do, the the document got like corrupted because oh. I can't that's open weird. it. Yeah, I can't open it. And I I wasn't thinking when I saved it. I just saved it to my, you know, Google Drive, my personal Google Drive. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just share it then over there on the folder. I I can't get it to open. So that's weird. I'm going to have to start over. I know. I don't know what happened. I went into work this morning. I was like, I'm going to save that in the drive for you because I thought, well, that way it's it. I can't. So I'm going to have to start over. I don't know what happened to it. Don't worry about it. And remember... Remember, because this is technically a relaunch, we're on a flexible schedule. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. if, if, if at any time, especially because you're in the month of needing to pack in the middle of holidays, we can move dates around a little bit if we need to. So I don't want you to feel, you know, absolute pressure. It, it's, it's a much yeah. different situation than if we had a publisher really stay yeah. going on going on yeah. so yeah. you know my, my big thing is I want to make sure that you have the time and band, bandwidth to really you know concentrate mm-hmm. on each phase before we move forward because they all kind of build upon each other and um, so you'll find that sometimes I w- I'm a little bit flexible in what we talk about um, depending on what's going on you know in your world because mm-hmm. I don't want to add more pressure yes stuff needs to get done but you know I want yeah. it to be hopefully a seamless process for you okay so that's fine just redo now did you do two letters like one to influencers and one that was like an email invite or what were you working on specifically that um, got corrupted yeah, the one that i the one that i was doing was the top influencers and i kind of used the one that you had put out there that was for another sure. book kind of like your example and i just kind of i took that and and you know rewarded yeah. it 
a little bit, but okay. I did want you to look at it because I, I, I'm not sure that my strong suit is like that whole, you know, talking about my book, you know, like marketing kind sure, of thing sure. there. And, yeah. and so I wanted you to yeah. look at that. And then um, I wasn't sure. So, and, and I, I, I don't know. I have a disconnect here. I need you to, to make my brain waves connect. So sure. my, I want to send, like I hit up some friends on Facebook that I know mm-hmm. Would, mm-hmm. Some of them were personal friends that don't have blogs, but I know they would promote. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, hey, I'm relaunching the book. Some of them already have copies of the other book. Would mm-hmm. you be interested? They said yes, so I put them on the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Okay. They are my peer influencers. Then I have right. some people that are that were from the former launch team that we talked about last time from yes. um, mm-hmm. Authentic Intimacy. So mm-hmm. if, they, if they are just lay people without blogs, do I consider them to be peer influencers, or do I consider what do you, them what do you like, mean like they're people? just like you like like they they don't have blogs, but they were just promoting um, yeah. the to their friends and family and their churches. Yes, yeah, they're peer because you have a they're relationship peer. with them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then yeah. I do have some bloggers um, from those groups, so I put them in the blogger spreadsheet. Now, mm-hmm. as far as sending the the other email to the not top influencers. Who mm-hmm. would I be targeting when I'm sending that email? Would that just be other bloggers that I want to reach out to, but they're not in the niche? Okay, ask that question again because I don't think I okay. understood what you asked me. Okay, so the top influencers I I understood to be like people that are that are in the same niche, like Julie Slattery mm-hmm. and Sheila and yes. Shannon Average. Okay. Yeah. So then, if I have other bloggers that I want to reach out to. Would uh-huh. would I send them that second email that's kind of like it's not the top influencer, hey, this is you know, I think this would meet the needs of your readers. Mm-hmm. Um, so would I send another a separate email to other bloggers that I think I want to work with? I, I'm confused with the second email part. Well, okay, so let me just re- reiterate, you know, any of the influencers that you're reaching out to, um, because we're trying to bring them alongside the journey of sharing about the material, they need to either, um, from a top influencer perspective, have some part of your book in their own journey, or they need to have an audience that needs it, right? Okay. Okay. So the same the same thing applies to, to blogger outreach. We can definitely reach out to bloggers that you may not have a relationship with and invite them into this process. Um, it's just the top influencers usually get like a you know a copy of the book, and the ask of them is very much you know would you yeah. read this, review it, potentially share it with your readers. Okay. When I do blogger outreach, that's usually people that we're asking to read and review it on their website. Okay. So, and normally you don't have anything but like an email address for them, right? Okay. So, so the top influencer letter is more of what you would think of like a formal letter to a person that would be included okay. with a book. And then the email invite um, can be addressed towards bloggers you do know or, or people you do know and people you don't. Really, okay. it's the same. It's the same content. You just change you know, basically the introduction, right? Okay. So, so if it's someone that you've never connected with before, and you want to make them aware of your book and your launch, and ask them to join the process, then that we would we would basically state, you know, we feel this would be a good fit for your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here's what the book's about. If you're interested in reading and reviewing this, please respond and let me know. Right. So okay. that's a blogger outreach to someone that you may not know. 
And then if it's people you do know, you can add a little bit more personal information. Okay. So in other words, like Crystal Payne is somebody that I don't know. I've never worked with her. But Mm -hmm. I know she's always promoting various things for her audience. Yes. But you need to make sure... You need to make sure, though, that what she's promoting to her audience, that there's mm-hmm. some history with your topic. Does yeah, that make yeah, sense? Yeah. So, so that's kind of the key. Is you know, there's we could reach out to any number of people, but yeah. if they don't, if they don't have a direct need for your material, mm-hmm. they're just going to ignore it, right? Okay. So some of some of the reason this research takes a little bit longer is because it, we're trying to identify people that naturally would be interested in the material and sharing about it without it being um, off topic for their Mm -hmm. normal audience, right? Because think about this, like if we sent this to Michael Hyatt, who's like a leadership development guy, right? Well, no, no, really. And he were to write about it, people would be like, wait, what? (laughs) Not not that it's not valuable, you know, it's just that, you know, some of the... Necessarily it wouldn't. It wouldn't make. It wouldn't make sense necessarily yeah. with his audience. So, mm-hmm. part of the influencer piece is just really thinking through. And, and and the challenge with this, right, is that sometimes people that have similar ministries or an audience in need of your message, they don't want to share your work. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 right. will run into that. I'm just telling you. You know, yep. but it's yep. okay. Um, we we have to. You know take yeah. the risk and ask um, anyway, because you never know what will happen. Sometimes it could be yeah. a collaborative thing where they share your stuff and you share theirs. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, anything you put on the influencer, I would, I would definitely recommend that, you know, either that person directly has experience with the topic or theme in your book, right? They don't have to have the same story necessarily, but just the yeah. topic or theme or their audience needs it. That's okay. going to be really, really important because they're going to be more likely to share. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. So, so you're sense. doing fine. You're doing fine. It's just, you know, it, it really, it, and sometimes, like, I'm, I'll do a little bit of research on this too, but sometimes it's just Google. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Okay. All right. Like, well, like, I, I was thinking maybe I was cheating if I was like, okay, marriage no. bloggers or something like that. No, 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 no. And I have, I have, um, I need to find the link and I'll put it in your notes. I have a couple of different search tools I use um, that actually have more to do with uh, – I use this mostly when we're doing content, which we're not at yet. But um, they have these search websites where you can go in and type in a topic, you know, and I'll say book marketing because that's what I always look at. Um, and then it will give you, like, a list of search terms people have typed into Google being whatever to find information on that topic. Right, and okay. what that helps what that helps us do is see what questions people are asking, so yeah. we can try to integrate the answers into our marketing campaign with your book. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, and and that's sometimes how I find um, influencers that you may not be connected with or I may not be connected with is just you know looking around and seeing. That's part of what I'm doing right now um, on your project is just looking around and seeing what other people are talking about and how they're talking about it and yeah. seeing if, if we have a unique angle we can offer that will make you stand out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that, that's the point. You know, people, there are plenty of books out or, you know, on the topic that we need to find a different angle that will connect with people. And I wanted to tell you too, I, I, when I sent you the book 
I don't think I sent you the final copy. Um, oh, okay. So, okay. I mean, it, not not that a lot has changed in the content, but it's more like the editing and the formatting. So, do you yes. just want me to put the the actual final out there in the Google Drive? Yeah, that'll work. If if, con okay. if content has changed, then yes. Um, okay. I don't necessarily need like this isn't something I'm going to share per se. Okay. It's, okay. It's it's more that I'm going to be reading, You're finish reading, reading it. Okay. I've started. Yeah. I'm going to finish yeah. reading it. And what I'm doing is jotting down as I'm reading different okay. ideas of mm -hmm. what we could use for the marketing campaign. And okay. then I'm going, and then I'm going to these search engines and typing in these themes and seeing what people are asking. Because sometimes mm -hmm. I'll write a theme down and I think it'll be awesome. And then nobody cares. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, know, right. you know what I mean? Right. Like nobody's yeah, yeah. searching for it. Like, nobody needs that answer. Yeah. yeah, so we're not going to waste our time on that one. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, then so, I won't worry about it. Yeah, I didn't change any content. I just, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's not, I don't know. I, I my when I went to do it in CreateSpace, I realized I had to change some things to make it work. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I just, I changed some formatting in a little bit. and But, okay, well, then, yeah, the content hasn't changed at all, so you're good. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I just really need the content. And then there's a couple okay. of natural influencers, like, you know, putting um, your forward author on there, um, Sheila mm -hmm. Greg Gregoire. That's how you say her name. I, is that how you say I think I'm it is. I think it is. I've met <laughs> I her, and I'm pretty sure that's I have, that. too, and I think I should know that, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, putting Sheila on there, you know, any endorsements that you might have had the first mm -hmm. time around, you know, those could be influencers again. Okay. Obviously, okay. people like Shannon and others in that industry. Um, or, that sounds funny, <laughs> industry. But you know, you know, and even people that yeah. run, like, think through influencers, the people that run ministries that serve hurting people mm -hmm. in this area. You know, yeah. I, I think we have a place, um, our ministry called Love Nashville where um, the lady is a Christian, but she goes in to, like, the, the strip clubs around town. Um, and they serve those women, and they gift, you know, buy them gifts, and they take care of them, and they pray for them. That's really, like, th those could be peer influencers as well. Do you see what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah. Someone serving the audience you're trying to reach. Um, so that just gives you a little bit of perspective on how to widen that net. And, and I believe I mentioned this particular piece usually takes the longest. You know, yeah, you yeah. mm -hmm. so if we need to kind of, okay, let's work on this for November so that you can filter, filter it around, you know, everything else that's going on, we can do that. Um, because honestly, since you already have the book and the content, I don't think the content creation piece is going to take you a really long time. Like we could talk about that in December and be okay. Um, and then maybe you know, mess with the release date a little bit, but it wouldn't have to be, you know, moved, okay. moved too much at all. Right. Yeah. I do have, again, and you want, you only want me to put the top influencers on here if they said yes, right? Or do you want me to go ahead and put them on here, the people that I'm thinking of? No, top influencers is anybody you can, you can think of. Anybody I can think of, okay, all right. Yeah. Um, the, the peer, okay. I'm sorry, I know it's confusing, and I'll, I'll make sure it's, noted in the notes better, but the peer influencers are the people that say yes, because these are the people that we're going to turn around, and when, we, when we're when we forming the launch team, we're going to say, okay, you're on the team, here's what you do next. Does that make sense? Okay. Because they've already, they've already said yes. Yeah. 
Okay. So top influencers, you don't have to communicate with them at all right now. You're just putting okay. their name and their contact information so that we can draft that letter, send them a book. And I do have thing. a bunch of them. I've been keeping track of them on another spreadsheet. Or not a spreadsheet, but I've been keeping track of them in my OneNote. So as oh, I thought something, I'll put them in there. Yeah, yeah. I know. It looks like I haven't done anything. No, I have. I you're fine. put it in here because I wasn't. I was like, okay, I don't want to put it in here and have it be wrong and then have to like put it somewhere yeah. else. So I was just waiting. Hey. Uh, remember, remember one of my um, rules with working with me is there's absolutely no shame. Seriously, yeah. like this is a process that takes time, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's it really like I said, the hardest part is building this influencer spreadsheet because you really have to sit and think about it and consider it and find information mm-hmm. and connect with people. It just takes time, you know. So don't feel bad, you know, if it's taking you longer than you thought it would. Um, like when I do these myself from scratch, I actually, mm-hmm. well, now I hire someone just so you know, <laughs> but I used, but I used to do this myself and for hours straight, yeah. you know, it just, it just takes time. So don't, don't feel bad. And we're in the advantage. Ad, no, that's not the word I'm trying to say. We're in the ad, advantageous, maybe that's what I was trying to say, place of mm-hmm. we have a flexible timeline. Right. So that doesn't mean we want to drag it on forever. It just means, you know, that especially with the holidays and stuff like that, we can really focus. Because to be honest with your campaign, this is going to be really vital, this Mm -hmm. piece right right now. Out of everything that we do, I mean, of of course, having a marketing campaign is important. But connecting with the right people up front and Mm -hmm. getting them on board with you is going to be really key in amplifying that message out. Right. Okay. And. And connecting with them and finding ways you can collaborate with them so it's beneficial to them and you, yeah. because we don't want we don't want to just make asks and then not give anything in return. That's that's not yeah. part of you know we need to build that network and relationship ongoing, which is what you want. Okay. okay. All right. Those are some good people in there. Who's Sheila? Yeah. Uh, Sheila, I read. I gotta look up how to spell Greg Gloria. Oh. Kind of oh. Here, I'll put her in here. Okay. I, that was funny. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Um, yeah, so no, does that make a little bit more does that make a little bit yeah. more sense to you? It does. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I was like, mm, oh my. No, 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 it's, yeah, it's so. fine. And then um I'm continuing so like I said, I'm I'm kind of doing my own I'm making my way through the manuscript and it's not something that it, it, honestly, I just take a lot of time with it. Like, I'm not reading it just for, I guess, pleasure, if that makes sense. Like, I read it, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, what could we use out of this chapter? What could we shape it into? Uh-huh. And then I'm, you know, kind of filtering it through some of the checks I have to make sure there's actually interest, like I said, in whatever theme I've come up with or question I've come up with. And then that way, when we have that content conversation, um, probably late November, I, I'll I'll say to you, this is what I think we should do. You know, here's the reasoning behind it. We'll make tweaks, and then from that conversation, you'll know. Okay, this is what I need to write, or this is what I need to videotape, or this is what I need to create, kind of thing. Okay. And okay. then I move, and then I move forward with um, continuing to cultivate and build the launch team, and and kind of you know create what we need for them. Okay. 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 Now, and um, you want one, me to go ahead. I'm go ahead. Ahead. No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Well, one other thing that I'm I'm working on right now, um, and I might have this finalized in the next month. Um, currently, with my, and this is not necessarily 
changing completely. But I told you, you know, when we first had her phone call, that I help you build your launch team, which is part of what this influencer is, and that I, I have an email list of people that I invite into the process. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also looking at partnering um, with a third-party firm for my book launches, um, okay. meaning, meaning they have their own database, right, okay. of, peop- of people that you may not necessarily be connected with or I may not yes. necessarily be connected with. So I have a couple of calls with them to see how that will work. Um, okay. So we might um, be using some of them in this process as well. Um, okay. Honestly, because I want to see how it works. You don't have to pay for that offer. Yeah. But I, I'm really curious because one of the things with launch teams is they're really fabulous if you cultivate them and build a relationship with them. I mean, you've seen some of that. Um, yeah. the, the problem is that the attention span is very finite <laughs> with most yeah. people, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah. so you have to be like, this is exactly what we need you to do now. And yeah. there, there's benefit in that. There's strategy in that of kind of flooding social media with similar wording or imagery or whatever. The problem that I've seen, especially after three years of doing this specifically, is people are starting to ignore those messages. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like they don't yeah. have the impact they did because people will go, oh, gosh, that's a launch team. Or, oh, uh-huh. God, you know, you know, and so – you know, there are other things I do in my launch teams that are more about the people sharing their transformational journeys, not just sharing a pretty picture with a quote, you know, or whatever. Um, but I'm curious about this group. Um, and the reason, um, there's a couple reasons. Number one, the way this group works is they have their database. Um, I, as an agency, can use them for any of my book projects, which is cool. And then... Yeah. Um, what they do is I give them all the content I want this database of people to share and they manage like the whole process. It's really cool. Um, so I think it's going to be more of a supplement to what we're doing is what I'm saying. If I, if I right. wind up hiring, hiring them, but what's also cool about it is they do it in a way where the people are, it's almost like gamification. So they have rewards and stuff put in place for when these people share and they track it and monitor it. And I know, like, again, that's something I teach you guys to do in your own launch teams. But what appeals to me is twofold. Number one, bringing on completely new-to-you customers who are yeah. reading, reviewing, and sharing your book that aren't necessarily associated with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, um, for, like, leaving reviews, that's actually really important now because Amazon has changed their review policy. I don't know if you've read any of the articles about this. Um, but they are really cracking down on reviews that they feel are people associated with the author, and it puts the author in a really difficult situation, right? Um, yeah. So, so case in point, there are obviously people out there who buy reviews, and that's not good. That shouldn't happen. Um, but like launch teams, like we're allowed per Amazon to still give out review copies and ask mm-hmm. for a review, but we can mm-hmm. no longer require it. We can't tell them. As part of a launch team, you have to leave a review. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. Okay? I did hear that. I did hear that. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. The, the second thing is if Amazon perceives a relationship between you and someone who's left a review that they feel is beyond a casual relationship, they'll remove the review. I've seen this happen to many clients who send books mm-hmm. to each other, you know, because they're peers. Yeah. Um, and some of their reviews are getting re- removed because – 
Amazon's like, you write in the same genre. You can't write a review for a peer in the same genre. It's really crazy, <laughs> you know. So the benefit of me would tell me that I can't. Yeah, and it, and I get it. I get what Amazon's trying to do. They're trying to have authentic reviews, but it really puts kind of a damper <laughs> on Amazon reviews from launch team. So part yeah. of the reason I'm, look, I'm looking at this company is because I really, I feel like it would be a little bit of an objective review. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you as the author are not paying them. That, that's the yeah. issue, right? Yeah. You're not paying an agency. It's something I'm doing for my clients. Um, so all to say, I think it'll be interesting. You'll probably be the first book that I will try it on. <laughs> so you, you get to, in conjunction with, yeah, in conjunction with our, what I already do, because I feel yeah. like w- one of the other challenges with books that are self-published is just an audience base. You know, you, mm-hmm. you usually have an established audience base, but finding new readers can be hard sometimes. Yeah. So all to say, that's what I'll be um, working on, you know, as we go forward. Now, a couple of questions I, I wanted to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. When you think of, and this will just help me, you know, prepare going forward, unless you have any other questions about the influencer letters and spreadsheets. No, no I think I'm good. You're I'm good? good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. When it comes to content um, and how you sh- you shared about the book the first time, you know, what did you what did you do? How did you promote the book the first time you released it? I did some guest posts. Okay. I had a few other blogger reviews. Mm-hmm. And I did, um, you know, back in the day, I did giveaways. You know, I'm giving away a couple copies. Um, mm-hmm. I did some giveaways. And let's see what else did I do. Um I really didn't have an email list back then. I had I had nothing, so I really didn't even email anybody. I didn't have anybody email. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of it because I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. No worries. Okay, so how many people do you have on your email list now? Um, a thousand, right around give or take. One thousand, which is good. That's a good start, especially. And you feel like all of them are pretty highly engaged with your topic. Uh, yeah, and I have I, well, well, I've I have started to group them so that I know which ones are opening, you know, yes. which emails and things because mm-hmm. I do write about a variety of topics, and mm-hmm. I feel like now that I understand a little bit more about email marketing, mm-hmm. I took a, a small course on that, so I feel like I can write about all the topics that I want to write about from homemaking to sex, but. I could target my list, and so I'm working on targeting that list down to the people that, you know, care about sex. Yeah. And, you know, the ones that only care about homemaking, and they won't get those posts necessarily. Um, yeah. No, I saw your, your pop-up form come up and everything, which is good. Yeah, so yeah. Have... I just changed that. Oh, that was like a labor of love to get that right. But, yeah. Okay, good. Who, so are, you, some... who are you using for your mailing list? Right now it's MailChimp. Um, okay. I really want to convert to or change, I guess, to what is it, ConvertKit, um, mm. which okay. is on the, it's just a little more expensive, and with everything that was going on, we kind of couldn't put any more money into anything. Have but you, now that we know the house is selling, we might. Have you done a free trial of ConvertKit yet? To I see? have not, no, no. I'm actually, actually, I'm saying free trial like they offer one. I think they do. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have. What's your experience? Do you... Well, I have ConvertKit. Well, I started out with MailChimp, 
um, and then I moved to ConvertKit in January. Okay. Um, now, my needs are a little bit different, um, mm-hmm. so I, I, I am moving to something else um, that has a customer relationship management feature. Okay, so uh, ConvertKit, for your purposes, is, is fine for what you need. Um, my, my only issue with it um, is, and this may be part of how my brain works, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying that. You may, you may log in here and understand this way better than I do. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a visual person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when you log into ConvertKit, you know, you have your – you can do individual forms for your interests and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. You can see what's converting and where. Um, and the thing is, is they don't have lists like MailChimp, right? Um, oh. and, and MailChimp has, like, segmentation now where you can have a master list and then all these categories, yeah. you know, yeah. which is helpful. Um, Basically, when I go to my subscriber screen on ConvertKit, I have a list of subscribers, and then on the right, I have a list of tags, like a like a literal long list. Oh. Um, so that is how you segment people. So, like in your case, your tags would be whatever the six or seven topics were, you know, yeah. on your little pop up thing. Right. Um, and the way you you tag them is is dependent on how they're signing up, okay? So, like, MailChimp has this form where you can have checkboxes. Like, yeah. ConvertKit doesn't do that. You would you would have to have a form, you know, for each topic, mm-hmm. or you would have to have one form that people sign up for, and then you'd have to send them an immediate email with a list of your topics asking them to click on which one they wanted in the email. Oh, so after and then. That. After the fact, and then the click would tag them and put them in this tag. Does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a little bit different visually, you know. For mm-hmm. me, I'm a big, you know, I just inherently have, you know, ADD. Um, so when I log in and see a list of 40 tags, I'm like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. you know, you know. Yeah. But if you can if you can be very clear about what your tags will be, you know. Um, part of my challenge is I have tags for every launch team I've run <laughs> last year. Well, right. You know? right. I was going to say, I've, yeah, you're never yeah. changing, I'm sure. Yeah, some of my tags are like when I sent out a sales promotion, I had a tag for when people clicked on it as interested, so I would only email them, not the mm-hmm. whole list all over again, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just it just kind of gets to be a lot mm-hmm. um, for someone like me who doesn't like to sit here and read through a bunch of lists. Now, the yeah. benefits. The benefits are it's very easy and simple to set up. It's text-based, mm-hmm. which um, the ro- the open rate seriously is way better, and meaning not a lot of images and all that kind of stuff. It looks like an email, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and you can set up, you know, in, in Mailchimp they're automations, and in yeah. Kit, they're called sequences. It's basically the same thing. Um, wow. And so when someone signs up for my newsletter, uh, they get. You know, I actually only have one one email that goes out right now because I'm lazy. But basically, no, really, I'm just like I don't have time to do that, so I don't do it. But I also don't need to do it. Does it make sense? So I just don't do it. Yeah. But anyway, and yeah. um, they have this whole thing where when you create a sequence, you you can um, choose like what type of sequence you want, and they give you like a guideline. You know, the types of emails you should put in that sequence, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's helpful. So, you know, there are a lot of benefits to it. Um, but the other thing about MailChimp is they, if you look under the automation tab, they actually have started to add 
some of this stuff a little bit, you know? I was wondering if you would eventually catch up because everybody seems to be talking about ConvertKit, and I'm like, I'm just now figuring out MailChimp. Yeah, and I will tell you, I mean, there's there's just pros and cons to each. You know, the, the one of the cons to ConvertKit is because it's newer, they tend to have outages, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, they're always really responsive. They always fix it. But it's, yeah. it's, it's a new email program, you know. So there have been times where we get emails saying, oh, by the way, your emails from last week didn't go out. And we're like, what? We didn't oh. know that. Nice. <laughs> you know? I mean, that, yeah. that particular thing's only happened once. Um, yeah. But sometimes they're down and stuff like that. And then the other thing is just it, the layout. You, you need to make sure the layout is working for you, you know, the way you work. Mm-hmm. Um, and MailChimp, um, I did not go back to that because, I, like I said, I need a customer relationship management system and a proposal automation. So what I'm using is something called Active Campaign that has all the features, you know, of MailChimp and ConvertKit and all that. But I can literally um, put my whole sales process into, you know, a customer relationship yeah. management system versus yeah. doing it all via email. So yeah. all to say, it depends on your needs. Um, but yeah. the benefit of MailChimp, too, is that outside of automation, which I think is $10 a month, I mean, you don't pay for your list up to, like, 2,000 people or something like that, Right. Um, or did it I change? I started paying. It did. Why do I pay now? I think I upgraded or something. I wouldn't have had to pay, but yeah. I wanted. I wanted the automation. So yes. So I'm paying like fifteen dollars a month now. Oh, once I hit a thousand people, it will go up. Or once not. Once I hit two thousand, I think you're right. Um, I don't know. One month, I had a yeah. big spike in the number of people I had, and so I started paying twenty dollars a month. And then I went through and um, removed people that had never confirmed. Which mm-hmm. I think is, I don't know. They, I wish they wouldn't charge you. If, they, if you didn't confirm to get my emails, why, you know, you're not getting my emails. So, you know, why am mm-hmm. I being charged to have you on my list? So I went through and got rid of a bunch of people. Um, yeah. And my next, yeah. Phase, my next phase in that is sending out an email to all of my subscribers to say, hey, I want to make my emails appealing to you. What are you interested in? So I'm capturing new people coming in. Good. But I want to go back to the old people and say, hey, what do you want? And yeah. let them check off what they want. And not just for the book, but for everything. You yeah. know, because if, I, if I'm sending out something about essential oils and you think you could care less about them, well, then I won't send them to you. Yeah. So. And that's good because I was, I was, part of what I'm also doing that we'll talk about the next time was just kind of observing just social media and website and interaction and all that kind of stuff because that's also important. So when we when we work on um, content stuff, one of the things I'll have outlined for you is this is what you really need to be doing um, on the social media aspect, and here are some tweaks you can make to the website. Um, I rarely say something like redesign your whole website. I've only done that once, and yours doesn't apply. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Um, you know, because, yeah, you're like, thanks. Um, the, yeah. the, people that well, I, the, the people that I refer that to, it was just some – and it wasn't their fault. You know, they just – they used a um, – I think it was like Wix. Are you familiar with Wix? It's like a drag and drop. Um, And it was just, you know, they had no, I don't have design. I hire designers. um, Mm -hmm. But they really didn't have 
have any. And so I was telling them, if we're going to go and present your material, this needs to happen. That's like, we can't do anything with the website you have. But what I usually do is I go and tell you, okay, this, we need to change the copy here. You know, this needs to move here. The mail, you know, here's what I think you need to do for the email marketing sequence when they first join kind of thing. Um, and here's how we integrate the book into that, right? Because that's part of the process. How do you introduce them slowly yeah. to the book without just randomly saying in good. four months, good. hey, buy my book, <laughs> you know? Well, good. I'm glad because those are the yeah. kind of questions that I was going to ask, not now, but that I was going to yeah. ask you. And I was hoping that you were going to kind of help yeah. me. Um, do you want me to add you to my um, Thrive Ministries community, my private Facebook group, so you yeah. can kind of see what's going on in there? Yeah, that would be great. I do more in there, quite honestly, and maybe I've told you this. I, mm-hmm. Facebook and I just, I just, I'm just, I don't, I'm tired of it. And so I started yeah. this group mm-hmm. and I have, I'm, I've seen, you know, like the first 22 members were all my friends, you know. Um, but uh, I'm really starting to see some more interaction from it and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting mm-hmm. engagement. It's slowly coming along, but I've, I've this month, and the next month, I'm really focused on on putting my content out there, even old content. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I had this like epiphany one day last month or earlier this month. I don't remember. And I was like, okay, just because I know I I created that post six months ago doesn't mean everybody saw it six months ago. Yeah, that's true. And it's Re- relevant content. Yeah, share it and again. And like like I said earlier, you know, part of the content campaign is me going, okay, what do you have that we could use already, yeah. right? And and just mm-hmm. tweak it or repurpose a little a little bit. That's always yeah. um, my go to of how we how we can refine what you already have, but just make sure we're answering the right right questions, you know, yeah. in that yeah. content. Um, and you know, f- from my personal perspective, just to encourage you with the social media aspect, um, I most of my community is in Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. So I have a Facebook business page that, that I barely post on and yeah. because I just don't get engagement um, or, and really I just don't need to spend time building that there. So I treat yeah. my Facebook page as almost a mini testimonial page. So if you ever go look at it, which I haven't, I haven't posted in like a month, I should go post something. That should give, <laughs> that should tell you. Because I don't, you know, I really don't need oh, yeah. to. It's crazy. And yeah. so I go, I go and post, you know, when I sign a new client, you know, or I share about different pieces of the project that we're working on, or when the book is released, I share some of that material. I use it as honestly a mini testimonial page so that when mm-hmm. people go to it, they'll see what I'm working on, but then they have yeah. to click through the website to see other information. And I still get clients and referrals from there all the time, barely yeah. using it, okay? Yeah. Because I spend a lot of my time in my Facebook group that I have um, for the same reason. And other Facebook groups, I'm part of, you, you'd laugh hysterically. Yeah. I probably have 50 groups that I actually spend time in pretty consistently answering questions about marketing and writing yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I often get clients from there. I have one group that in the last three months, I have signed, let's say, three clients from that group. Um, And I won't, you know, go into, I mean, you saw my pricing. So um, I signed, let's see, two of the clients were year-long clients. Okay, so that's six, seven thousand plus each. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one was a book launch, so 2,500. And I pay $18 a month to be in that group. 
You know, wow. you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's so, like well worth it. Yeah, so to encourage you, you know, you just have to figure out where your audience is and you have to serve them there. That's what you need to do with social media. And then from the outside looking in for people new to you, you just have to maintain what what most people would expect, which is a Facebook page. And you have to have the page in order to create ads, which we will need for the campaign. Okay? So there's no harm in not updating it all the time. you know, that's not your focus. Your focus is more to serve as a reference point there to drive yeah. people to, to other places to yeah. communicate with you deeper. So don't worry about that. But we'll talk about that um, the next time around. Um, and, and what I usually do is I give you like four or five things um, that we can change fairly quickly. <clears throat> and okay. it usually revolves around copy. You know, the way you're messaging something is really important. And then um, once the campaign for the actual book is fleshed out, all of that, I I go back in and we integrate it into your social media plan. Like how are you going to communicate about this from now until the release Um, into the email marketing? How are you going to integrate this into the messages that you're sending people via email? And And how do you progress those emails from mentioning, hey, this is what I'm working on. I'm really excited about it. You know, I have this book. It released, and this was my hope for it, and I'm going to release, re, relaunch it. You know, what, do you, what questions do you have about biblical sexuality? Hit reply yeah. and let me know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, yeah. and so you're, you're basically introducing them, you know, to something that's happening months later, but you're immediately asking for their feedback. And then depending on the questions they answer, one of the most natural ways to build content for a book campaign is to answer the questions they asked you, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. in your email. In your email. Um, yeah. But not giving away like a whole book per se, you know, just yeah. kind of answering the question and tying it to something in the book. Um, and we'll talk about, you know, setting up, well, we don't have to do pre-orders necessarily. Oh, 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 that was oh, the question. Did, did you talk to them about, um, hold on, we have that in your notes to ask about yeah. how to update the book. Yeah. How did that yeah. go? Okay. So I talked to Amazon and she said what I need to do is is um, publish the new book um, on you know Kindle, publish it. Then I have to call back in and they will link the two books together. When they link the two books together, they'll share the reviews. Then I can unpublish the first book. So I can get the first book off of there but they'll both have to be up for a little bit. So I have to publish the one, give them a call, they'll do whatever they do, then they'll take the other book. I could take the other book and unpublish it. And I could do that myself, she said, through my author page somehow. She Okay, and so it. when you unpublish the first book, that will leave the Kindle version, and then are you adding back in a print version down the road, the updated print well, version? Yeah, I want to I okay. want to do the print book and the Kindle book. And she said once I publish it to like I already have it in Create Space. Once I yeah. publish it to Kindle Direct Publishing, then it'll and it goes to Amazon. Then I can tell them I want to link the two books together. The old so publishers are share. Yeah, the old the Got old it. book and the new book. Then mm-hmm. when the old and the new are linked together and the reviews are shared, then I can unpublish the old book, but the new book will keep the reviews. Remains. Got it. Yeah. Okay, that's it awesome. sounds that's... like if it worked, if it actually, and you know, part of my skepticism, if it works yeah. the way it sounds, that would yeah. be awesome. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, at least they had an answer. That's a little convoluted, but 
It is. Yeah, she does. But, you know, that's okay. I, I made her repeat it <laughs> twice, and then I repeated it back to her, and she's like, yes, ma'am. I was like, okay. Okay. Awesome. I do have a question, though. You mentioned pre-orders. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm doing that television spot in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, Caprice said to me, you know, do you, are you going to have books available here? And I said, well, I'll at least have, like, one, even if it's my review, co- you know, my my Amazon I mean, my Create Space review copy, I'll have mm-hmm. a physical book with me. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not going to have, you know, 25, 30 books. But mm-hmm. she said, well, do you, she asked me, she said, do you want to mention pre-order sales? And I was like, um, kind of. But mm-hmm. my question is, how do I go about pre-orders? I don't even know. Like, like the only thing I can figure out when I look in, um, I have WPE Store as my plug-in. I, I don't see any way to pre-order without actually charging the people, whether it be their PayPal or their credit card. How do how do you work um, something? Let's see. Hold on. I I have to look it up on Amazon to be honest. Okay. Um, I don't remember. So I just send them to Amazon to pre-order and not my website. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on what you want. To, like, like you can do a Kindle ebook pre-order setup. Right. Okay. I mean that you can set it up to where the Kindle version is okay. available for pre-order. That might be the easiest way to do it because then you can okay. send them to the to the Amazon link and then they'll have a verified purchase when they leave the reviews. So that's helpful to you. Okay. Um, Wait, let me if you, that down. Yeah, and I'll I'll put the link in your notes too. Oh, that's um, if you if you if you do it to your website, what I worry about is the administrative. Aspect yeah. of it, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I just keep thinking of all the stuff that you have going on. <laughs> you know, managing <laughs> orders and shipping yeah. books. <laughs> Probably yeah. not. You know, on the top of I your. I that's one more box of stuff I'll have. Okay, so you're yeah. thinking. Okay, so you, if I just do it as a Kindle pre-order, I could make. I could do a pretty link, right? I could do like DanielTate.org/slash. Yeah. Book launch or pre-order. I mean, I already have Restoring yes. the Lost Pedal, but I could do another URL as a pretty link that yeah. would take them right to Amazon. So it wouldn't, they would be easy for them to remember when I say it on TV yeah. or anything else, radio, whatever. It would be easy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you could totally do like that. that. Okay. Um, and then in terms of a print book pre-order, I don't, to be honest, I'd have to look at that. I wonder if create space. See, I was thinking, I was, I was totally thinking only going through my website, but I can look at create space. Maybe they have something for pre-order. Yeah, the link I found talks about Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, it says Kindle ebook pre-order. That's the link I put in your notes. Uh huh. And then, okay. and then create space. Um, hold on. This is Kindle also. Enrolling pre-order books in KDP Select. This isn't isn't really helpful. Hold on. (laughs) The problem with Amazon is like finding information on there can be like ridiculous. I agree. I agree. And I I sometimes am like, okay, do I want to be in Kindle? Mm -hmm. You know, KDP? Do I want to be in Amazon? Do I want to be like... Yeah. That's a hard one. Okay, hold on. I'm trying to pull up. Create space and see. Create space. What does this say? Um, this isn't helpful either. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. Oh. 
Well, we found 25 unhelpful things. <laughs> I know. There's so much. Okay. Hold on a second. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I feel for you guys trying to self-publish. Like, if I ever self-publish anything, I'm hiring someone to do it for me. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to be yeah. like, here's my Word document. You do everything else. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I, have I know. To like, I think like, why did I do this to myself? But I just felt like you know, I had this message to get out, and I was like, I have no audience to mm-hmm. tell a publisher, you know, that I have an audience. Like, you know, so yeah. Although There's, I've heard you know so much from people, and even Shannon Etheridge said, you know, sometimes using a publisher, you know, I mean, yeah, you have a little bit less work to do, but it doesn't guarantee. That the well, book is going to be well received, or you no, know, it, no, it doesn't. The power of a traditional publisher is honestly behind the scenes stuff that most authors don't even understand is going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they are a marketing machine from a distribution perspective, getting your book out into yeah. online and offline retailers. Mm-hmm. That's their focus: getting it into catalogs, getting it in front of eyeballs. You know, that's that's you know, and of course, all the money they invest in the actual um, creation of the work. I mean, they have their own editors, designers, you know, publishing costs, all that kind of stuff. You know, is all mm-hmm. part of that equation. Um, and often, the marketing piece, you know, and, and again, I've worked with traditional, almost every single one at this point from a Christian publisher perspective. Um, from small shops all the way up to the big, you know, Thomas Nelson, Zondervan, HarperCollins, all those people. And what I've noticed when it comes to marketing is that it's hit or miss. So they have, they, they always have a marketing campaign that basically centers on their distribution channel and social media, right? And sometimes they have publicity, which is your traditional media, you know, publicity. Um, and then sometimes they have launch teams or people like me that help the author with what they're supposed to do on the marketing perspective. But the money itself, like the money the publisher can invest in that marketing varies wildly. And yeah. so most, most authors, um, they, they usually have like the top, I don't know, we'll say 10% of their authors get mm-hmm. 90% of the money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then the other 10% of the money is spread out between yeah whatever other hundred titles they're releasing that fall. Right, right. You know and, what, you know what and I mean? I'm not a top I'm not a top author. Yeah. yeah. So you're gonna get well I know and, I knew when we did the one launch team with um uh Julie Flattery, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. Anna said that well and and she mentioned it too when she did the um the interview, not the interview mm-hmm. but like that we did a live feed. And she mm-hmm. said like out of the first launch team they were so blown away by how the, how the reach went with mm-hmm. people with boots on the mm-hmm. ground doing it than some guy behind a desk. That's why they decided yeah. to do it for another book, you know, versus, yeah. Yeah. you know, the, the budget that they had to spend. And I'm sure from their perspective, they spent way less money sending us a couple books and a good pat on the back. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't get anything for it, really, unless you had an Amazon affiliate link mm-hmm. and you were driving people to that. We, as a launch yeah. team, didn't get any money out of it. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, just the experience and the community on a very difficult topic that not a lot of people have resources, which is a good thing for you. Um, Yeah. So self-publishing. Here's the here's the thing. I work with a lot of self-publisher authors, and my comment is, you have more control. You're not privy 
or not probate, that's not what I mean. You're not subject to the publisher's decisions. I mean, mm-hmm. I literally had a book launch in the spring where every single thing we said we were going to do, they were like, nah, don't do that. And I'm, I'm serious. And we were like, wow. what? <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't even a don't do that. It was more, we're not paying for that. Does that make sense? You know, yeah, all these uh-huh. ideas that uh-huh. we had. And so yeah. I was constantly having to adjust with the author because she didn't have the money, you know, to pay for certain yeah. things. But, and that's okay. It worked out and the book did great. It's actually in second printing. But we had to fight a lot of opposition, you know, from the publisher who didn't want to spend money on her because she was yeah. an unknown, you know. And so we, we're kind of on the other end of it going, ha, 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 <laughs> You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Because our launch yeah. team was amazing. We can build a great launch team. Um, yeah. But the problem with self-publishing is you're so dependent on just your network, okay? Yeah. So I'm going to wrap all this back up to your influencer spreadsheet and why it's important. Yeah. Because, you know, it's who you know and who they know and how we bring them alongside you is, is going to be key because this is a self-published book, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, so it's really identifying the right people and mobilizing them to come alongside you um, is going to be really, really important for that reason. But the benefit is we have so much freedom to do whatever the heck we want from a marketing perspective. We don't have to get anybody's yeah. approval. Right. Um, we can try really cool things that in the traditional publishing world, they might be like, no, we're not going to invest our money or time or resources on that. You have to think of something else. And it's happened, you know, several times. So. Just be encouraged. And I think this, should I reach out to like some local churches that I know have bookstores and mm-hmm. ministries? Should I reach out to yep. them a while? Not, you know, like with yep. the influencer, with one of those influencer emails or letters or whatnot. Okay. Right. Well, are you reaching out to them to sell the book? Because that's a little different than the. Oh, yeah, that's true. I wouldn't send an email. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was thinking like getting it into their bookstore. So I guess that wouldn't really be an influencer. That would be a whole different letter. Yeah, uh, we will we will work on that, um, but oh, that's okay. not not this. So, like, if you were to reach okay. out to churches okay. and say, I really want to lead a workshop on yeah. this topic using mm-hmm. my book, mm-hmm. that can be in your influencer list, right? The okay. influencer list okay. is about network to expand the message okay. um, to people that will buy it. Um, mm-hmm. The way you approach, you know, bookstores and all that kind of stuff is very different. So we'll okay. talk about that right. when I'll it's ready. All right. And to be honest, the easiest way to do that um, is to start out with a few workshops where maybe you're leading through the material. Uh, you're, you're familiar with Shannon, so you yeah. you know about her Women at the Well program, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you gone to it or have you been part of it? No, I have not. Okay. No. So Women at the Well, the program, is actually content from her very first self-published book. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So... Um, she wrote the book um, really as training. Um, if I remember correctly, it was curriculum for like Teen Mania or whatever that program was that she was a part yeah. of years ago. Um, and so she taught, you know, these modules, you know, to these kids. Um, and, and she kept being told, oh, this is great. You should make it into a book. And she did. And it was kind of a – I, I call it self-publishing, although back then it, there really wasn't, like, self-publishing. Does that make sense? Like it was a, yeah. kind of a new thing. Um and that book has been out for I don't even know how many years. I have to go find Five. it yeah. and look at the, the year. Um, valuable material. Mm-hmm. And when she was trying to figure out how to advance her author ministry, which I think you knew I worked for her for a while, right? 
Okay. Yeah. Um, when we were trying to figure out how to expand her reach beyond just selling books, mm-hmm. that, the Women at the Well workshop is a direct result of that, right? And that is now a very profitable program that probably makes her more money than selling the book ever did, right? Yeah. And so, you know, packaging, you know, your content into something that we can then go to a church and say, you know, I have this resource and I can teach this X day workshop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's part of the workshop. They'll get the teaching. They'll get the book. Um, but instead of making, I don't know, nine ninety nine a book, mm-hmm. you know, it's a couple hundred. I think Women at the Well is $800 a person. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. no, I mean, it's and a couple of days and stuff like that. But yeah. And it's huge leverage still. But but you still, know, but it's two hundred dollars. No no no. Just because she's Shannon doesn't mean. And, and here's how we talk about pricing. Okay, <laughs> this is my personal insight into all this because okay. I've been through this journey. You know, I I have a marketing background. I worked in project management, made six figure income in the corporate world. Um, when I came home, you know, we spent a lot of time focusing on family, right? Yeah. Um, and when I started kind of diving back into the workplace, I mean, I worked for like. an hour, you know, doing administrative stuff because at the time I felt like it was the only thing I could do to keep me home, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I did that for years. Um, When I officially started my my business, which is definitely um, the highlight of the strengths and skills I've always had. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? I I just had to figure out how to package it to a need and I had to have a little bit of confidence, to be honest. Um, and I remember when I first started billing people <laughs> for my for the business. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. um, at the very very beginning, I worked. Well, I actually did this on purpose. I worked for free for six months for about ten friends who were authors. Oh, and I uh-huh. and I told and I told them, I'm like, I'll do whatever you need me to do for your book launch because I'm trying to figure out what you really it. need, what your obstacles yeah. are. You know, all that. I, I mean, I had experience with Shannon, but Shannon was just one person. Does that make sense? So I, I wanted a, a different experience of a wide variety of authors. And they were all so generous and sweet and letting me do that. And then when I was done with that, they were. that's when I launched my business and website because I had testimonials from those people, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I started billing. And I, I can't remember. I'm trying to remember what I charged at first. It was so ridiculously low. It's not even funny. And and to be very honest with you, I'm actually not charging enough now. Like, I've been yeah. told that. I just haven't yeah. raised my prices because, you know, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. So all to say, um, I... I want to say I was charging maybe hourly even then, but it was like $75 an hour. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and as I've, as I've kind of, some of that's confidence and some of it, I remember thinking, Oh, well, I'm just me. You know, I'm not so-and-so. One of my yeah. mentors um, is a guy named Tim Grawl, who I actually now know in person, but back then he was, like a mentor from afar kind of person. And I remember thinking, oh, there's no way I can ever be like him. And now he's my peer. Does yeah. that make sense? And, and I was at a conference with him two weeks ago. He goes, Lindsay, when are you going to raise your prices? This is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, so it's all to say that I think that sometimes we think, oh, well, that, that's that person. They can charge that because. Well, yeah. the reality is if I had stayed true to that mentality, I would have not – been where I am today. I mean, I make a full-time income working, honestly, between you and I, part-time, 
You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's because of the confidence in my work and the confidence in my skill. And so my, my encouragement to you is when we look at these things like workshops, yes, you, you probably wouldn't charge you know, $800 a person, right? Um, because Shannon's thing is an experience as well. I mean, they come to her home. Well, I don't, actually, I don't know how it's set up now. But before, yeah. you know, they come to her home for several days and they're waited right. on you know, hand and foot by these volunteers, you know, it's, a, it's an experience. Um, so just the nature of, you know, being in a church setting, you know, would require, you know, probably a lower cost. But you, yeah. you can have confidence in what you're doing. You know, if you don't charge enough, they're not going to value the material enough, right? Yeah, and I struggle with that, so I appreciate I appreciate that, and, you know, as I do. And I remember her saying that in Blast. She talks about that in Blast yeah, at yeah. some point. And, and, yeah, I don't. I, 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 mean, I am too, yeah, I'm too unsure of myself. Well, I and, and I, you know, I think that for me what built my trust and built my confidence was honestly every time I raised my prices and people hired me. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, my God, these people are crazy. That doesn't mean I don't know what I'm doing. It just means that, that I was like, why? Yeah, <laughs> I used yeah. to tell my husband, I'm like, it is, I, it's crazy. These people are paying me to read their books and talk to them on the phone about how to market them, you know. Yeah. And, and it was almost like um, it just built my faith. I don't even know how yeah. to explain that in ways that I couldn't even uh, – uh, yeah. Not that I, my faith wasn't built through my whole journey towards Christ. Of course it was. But it's a whole different thing when you're walking in your calling that's a result of all that pain, you know, um, and all that turmoil and seeing him be faithful, you know, and be just because I'm being obedient. It's incredible. Um, and so every time I get a prompting or kind of a divine appointment, I've literally been told by four different people who were my idols in marketing that my prices need to be way higher in the last month and a half. And every time my tendency is to go, oh, no, no, I couldn't do that. And then my second thought is, okay, this is crazy. Not only am I in the room with these people, which I couldn't even yeah. have imagined three years ago. Right, right. They're, yeah. like, they're looking at me like I'm insane and telling me, you can do this, and then this mm-hmm. will allow you to still serve people who can't necessarily afford the investment, right? So it's just all, my, all I'm trying to say is I think that God always kind of pushes us a little bit beyond our comfort zone, you know? Um, and I've had my fair share of people. It's actually kind of funny. So I have a low cost kind of product, for lack of a better word, that's like the spiritual mentoring program for authors. It's like $75 a month for three months. It's not a lot of money, okay, because it's a spiritual mentoring program. Um, the reason I bill is so people will show up and do it, honestly, yeah. you know, because it's, it's spiritual work. Um, and I, every time I launch, you know, that I have openings for that program, it's like a group thing, I get emails telling me, I can't believe you charge for this. I can, this is way too much money. How can you charge for this? And I'm like, oh, my word. And I'm always very nice and say, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry that this is not – I don't even apologize for what they're at saying. I yeah. basically say, I'm sorry this investment is not for you at this time. Here's a couple free resources to help you. That's what yeah. I respond to. Mm-hmm. Where before I would have been like, oh, my gosh, yeah. these people think I'm yeah. horrible. You know, I yeah. can't – I don't have time for that, you know, Me- yeah. meaning I don't have time to doubt my calling. Does that make sense? Because 
know, yeah, I don't know. So that's just my encouragement to you. And then even even now, um, I'm in a transition period. You know, where I mean, you you see my book proposal. Um, yeah. I'm actually launching group coaching for book launches over a ten week time period. Yeah. Because you usually what I do is I spend six to twelve months with you guys, right? Depending on the situation. Um, so that's my big thing is I'll be doing the group coaching um, and taking you know five or six authors at a time through all of this. And it's not as much tailored. I mean, you get like a lot of tailoring with me because we talk one on one. And then the one on one prices are going way up because they have to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that I can you know have a life <laughs> and a sustainable income. What? Does that make sense? No, I mean yeah. it, you know, and, yeah. and here, here's the last thing I'll tell you on this is I, I, I have my own, I have a marketing consultant I'm working with um, because my long-term goal is to turn my business into an agency. I don't want it to be just me. Okay. I want it to be a full scale agency. In yeah. order to do that, I have a whole lot of plans that I have to, and steps I have to take. And we were talking the other day, and their comment to me was, the very first conversation I had with this person was, well, how much money do you need to make in your lifetime? And I was like, what? I don't know. I've never thought of that. What are you talking about? You know, because I've always thought about, okay, what do I need to make for the month? Literally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not even, I don't even think a year. I think a month, <laughs> you know. And how do I break that down and all that kind of stuff? So I have goals. And this person was like, no, that's not really how I work. My goal is to make you sit down and think through what is it that you want to accomplish in your life long term, not just from your ministry or your business. He's like, but the problem with most authors, speakers, ministry owners, business owners that are faith-based is they only think of the short term, right, which makes Mm -hmm. sense. He's like, you need to think of the long term. What legacy do you want to leave your kids when you die? Do you want them to have an inheritance? You know, do you want to pay for college all the way through so that they don't have to have student loan debt? You know, do you want to be able, you know, to retire and, and travel with your husband? And he's like, the thing is, is those aren't selfish desires. You know, do you want to be able to give more? That was another thing he was talking about. Do you want to be able to give without thinking about it? You know, he's like, so you need to look at your income goals and your plan for your business from a, when you're on your deathbed, what do you want to, what do you want to have left behind you? spiritually, emotionally, relationally, but also financially for the next generation to equip them to be able to serve God to the best of their abilities without having to worry about money. And I thought that was a really interesting perspective. Um, And the second thing he said was, you know, of course, money is not bad. We all know that, but it's just the way you use it. So the second thing is most author, speaker, ministry, business owners, they look at this from, I need to serve my clients. And often get that mixed up in the order of things. So I need to make sure my relationship with God is healthy. My relationship with my husband is healthy. My relationship with my kids is healthy. And then I figure out my business. And so, you know, and and again, this is the many things. Just think about this. His comment was, you know, if you're catering your business to just meeting the next monthly expenses, you're like you're actually doing a disservice to your family because you're putting yourself in a situation where all you're thinking about is how do I make the next income goal um, instead of being able to break this down to it, – like it puts you in a situation where you're always serving the client for the money 
right? And the and the heart, get, you know, hit my heart. But you're not necessarily like um, taking care of your family in the process. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you're not freed up to you're not freed yeah. up to take care of the client and your family mm-hmm. because your focus. And, and I find mm-hmm. that with my coaching of clients, which I mm-hmm. do, I budget yeah. coaching. So yeah. on that financial level, like when all you can think about is paying the bills for this month. You can mm-hmm. never think ahead, and it consumes you. But when you know, when you have that level of like, wow, I have enough for this month's mortgage and half the next month already. Like, yeah. it just frees you up to be able to mentally think about and devote some energy into something else. So, yeah, so I totally see it from a business perspective, too, now that you said that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, his comment to me was like, he's like, our first goal isn't for you to reach 10,000 email subscribers, sell a membership course, and have an agency. He's like, our mm-hmm. first goal is for you to make enough money to cover three months of expenses in advance. So you're mm-hmm. not constantly worrying about, you know, and I, thought, I just thought that was a really it, interesting. It, it is actually very smart because that's exactly yeah. what you should do on upon your personal finances is say, okay, yeah. so I want to save $1,000. And that's what mm-hmm. I walk my clients through, saving $1,000, saving mm-hmm. 30 days mm-hmm. living expense, saving 90 days living expense. Then we'll yeah. work on other stuff. Yeah, and, and so this actually relates to discounts. You know, his mm-hmm. comment was, he's like, don't you ever discount anything ever again because I was doing it all the time, you know. Uh, uh, um, he's yeah. like, don't apologize for your pricing. Just change it, <laughs> you know. Um, I do offer one discount, like, for paid in full, which that's fine, right, because it's better yeah. for me from a budget perspective to have paid in full mm-hmm. so I can right. put it in savings and plan out. Yeah. yeah, versus having random payments all over the place, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the month. Um, but for the most part, you know, he was like, you know, don't undersell your services or discount them because five people out of, you know, 4,000 are telling you they can't afford you. You know what I mean? He's like, instead, charge accordingly for the goals you have long-term for your family. Um, Know how many clients you need to get in order to obtain that. And then that gives you the freedom to do a whole lot more free stuff, which is true. You know what uh-huh. I mean? So that's just to encourage you. Don't, don't you know, when we talk about the workshops and pricing and how to reach out to the churches and how to price everything, yeah. you know, okay. some, of it is, some of it is just we're just going to do it and see what happens, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I have never, in all the times I've done that, I've never lacked for clients, mm-hmm. ever. Okay. Um, so it's a trust builder. It's a faith builder. Um, I just about had a heart attack when I moved from $75 an hour to like 250 an hour, you know, I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I actually bill more per hour than Shannon does, I believe, um, for coaching, wow. you know, yeah. um, but I'm very specialized in what I do, you know, and then, um, you know, even with the coaching packages that I'm offering for um, the book launches and stuff, it's going to be way, 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 way more um, because that allows me to work with fewer people um, Say I work, I don't know, I think I did something like crazy, like 40 book launches last year, okay? So I served all of them very well, um, Mm -hmm. but none of y'all would know that I was like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) right? Because I've got to keep it straight. And so I would rather serve 10 people really, 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 really well than spread myself too thin, because that's healthier for me and it's healthier for my family and it makes me more effective. So you've got to think about that going forward when we talk about, you know, because I really feel like with your book, it's not necessarily about relaunching the book itself. It's more about relaunching what you have to offer as a whole 
centered around that message, yeah. you know. And yeah, it's, because it's, I have much more focus now, and I'm much more, I, I will say I'm more confident in that aspect that this is the, this is the subject. Mm-hmm. I, I've been saying to people my, locally, you know, some of my friends and people that I know in networking, they're like, oh, she's the sex and money lady. I'm like, great. The true things mm-hmm. people run from, sex and finances, and that's what I get to talk about. Thanks, God. But I'm much yeah. more confident now in knowing that that is what I am supposed to talk about. Um, yeah. But you know, one thing I will ask you, and, and please keep me in prayer for this because I know this sure. is an issue that um, I struggle with and I need to get over it. But I, I can talk to, I can stand up in front of a church with 500 women and talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No problem with that. But that one-on-one talking to people, especially people that I know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be quite honest with you. My mom knows I wrote a book, but that's really about it. Like, she mm. had no idea. Um, I'm, I'm just not comfortable with, with that personal, like, I don't know. And it's more, more mostly my family than it is my friends. I mean, most of my friends know what I'm doing, but I just struggle with that, and I don't know why. And I don't know that it, it matters in all a lot, but yet, um, I don't know. There just feels like there's something there that is holding me back with that. So um, what, are you an extrovert or an introvert? Oh, introvert. I'm an extrovert and introvert. Okay. Part, part of that, just to encourage you, is probably your personality. Mm-hmm. Like, here's, here's a, and Shannon's like this too. She can go up and talk about in front of a bazillion people, but she also happens mm-hmm. to be good with one-on-one, right? But if you mm-hmm. listen to her, she's not actually saying much different. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. the things that she says on stage, she will often say to someone, you know, in a one-on-one conversation. Um, but I know in my world, I'm actually much more comfortable one-on-one and in small groups than I am on a big stage. So I'm probably opposite you. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think what I've come to learn is that I have to operate to my strengths, right, mm-hmm. the way I run my business, the way I pursue reaching my audience and building my audience. There's mm-hmm. always room for implementing tools and resources available, Right, there's strategy, social media strategy, email marketing strategy, all that kind of stuff. The key and what makes it impactful for you personally is tailoring all that strategy to who you are as a person and what your audience needs. And so that doesn't mean that you have to go do one-on-one, you know, coaching or anything like that, you know, for these topics. It just more means that we package things in a way where you're inherently put in a position where you're, you're more comfortable. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the one-on-one, I mean, and, and this is part of BLAST at some point. I don't remember what month it's in. But, you know, knowing how to interview one-on-one is key in the respect that it allows you to tell people about your work, right? And mm-hmm. yeah. um, so if you view it more as a, I'm just sharing about my passion with these people, mm-hmm. What's, what drives me, it gets a little easier, right, mm-hmm. um, versus I'm trying to teach whatever, this one person something. So, yeah. you know, I would kind of revisit, I, I, honestly, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've been through the modules. But there's a whole section yeah. on how to interview, and you know, how to do I speaking. I can't get in. I don't know why. Um, oh, you know, it changed. Well, okay, you need to um, – I don't think I have I don't have access to anything anymore. So it uh-huh. used to be it used to be online. Um, yeah. And then we changed it right before I left to like an email delivery basis. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay. so um, I, I don't know if I have it. I'll have to look. Um, what I did before I, I left and the new gal started is I sent out an email to everybody on the blast email list that said, hey, we've taken this down, but here's a link to access your old material. If you don't have that email, I'll see if I still have it. And if I don't, okay. then I'll, I'll tell you who to email um, yeah, okay. uh, the new gal. To, to get it. So, yeah, she yeah, just wanted it. I was going back. I, I mean, I have my print material notes yeah. that I printed out, but I don't have the, the vids. So, yeah. But the video. Yeah, I guess yeah. I just, um, you know, I don't know. It's just, and, and there's just something about, I don't know, like people that know me personally, I guess part of it is because people that know me personally know what I have been through and, you know, know me. They knew me when I was not the person I am now, and that intimidates me a little bit. Um, mm. and, and, you know, so it's, I don't know, you know, like, like dealing with, you know, my clients when I talk to them, because when I talk to my clients one-on-one about money, it's about their money. It's their story. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's me. It's like, I'm you and you're me. Do you know what I mean? The roles are reversed. Yeah. Yeah. And so that makes it just a little bit less personal, even though I can be personal because it's not about me. Um, so I just need to, I've been praying through that and trying and asking the Lord, like, what you know, do you have your finger on something here, or do I just, like you said, is that just this just how I am, and mm-hmm. just work, you know, move on from it? And like you said, if we just work around it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so yeah. Well, thank you. And there might there might also be some valid spiritual kind of hesitation or warfare going on. To be very honest, um, I there are people in my family who they don't really. I, to be honest, I still get asked by a certain family member when I'm ever going to go back and get a real job. Yeah, yeah. And and my response is always, okay, do you understand that I own my own business? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't just sit on the phone playing on Facebook and reading books. Like, I have a business. You, you're always yeah. going to have opposition. I think that anytime I, – I know with a lot of my family, I can't really talk about a lot of personal stuff. You know, yeah. stuff that's happened and stuff that I'm growing and learning through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a lot of stuff going on with our daughter that nobody in our family knows. They just yeah. know that she's having a rough time. That's pretty much what mm-hmm. we've said. <laughs> she's having yeah. a hard time yeah. with friends. Yeah. And yeah. that's, like, not even the issue, like, at all. Yeah. But it's all it's all we can that's say, all you, can. you know. And yeah. so I feel because they would just not be helpful. Sorry, I adore yeah. them. I love them. No, but I they know. Would, they I'm would not be that's helpful. That's how I feel. That's how I feel, yeah. That's so, exactly how know, I feel with this. This, these are the same pe- people that I love and adore that told my husband and I to get divorced no less than like a hundred times when we were trying to stay together. And we're mm-hmm. like, this is not helpful. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I, well, yeah. And now we've been, you know, we're still married and it's been like yeah. 18 years. And, you know, this, yeah. anyway, my point is, is sometimes like talking to people one-on-one that are close to us feels more intimidating because there's history there. They know you, they know everything about you, usually good and bad and ugly and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's easier for people close to you to misconstrue or misunderstand what you're doing because they're not filtering it through the lens of, oh, Danielle has this great ministry and teaching. They're filtering it through the Danielle they know. And I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, that's exactly, yeah. And they're, and they're filtering it through their own perception of you and what you're doing and events that happened mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be hard 
you know, to have yeah. any sort of conversation with people close to you, friends, family, yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. I still have friends that are like, I don't, like, what do you mean you read books and tell people how to sell them? Like, just go tell people to go to a bookstore. You know, they just don't get it. It's okay. They don't have to get it, <laughs> you yeah. know? So, anyway, I, I'll definitely pray over I'm it. I'm so but sorry. It, so no, you sorry. Like you're not holding up. me up. You are not <laughs> holding me up. I'm talking to you because I want to. Um, I think, honestly, what I'm thinking through is I. what's coming to mind is the whole take thoughts captive phrase, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Um, you know, my husband and I adore counseling because we're really weird, so we go every Thursday. Um, and we, we were in, I, I know, we, we were in counseling yesterday and we were talking, and it was the first um, week in a very long time that we haven't felt like just crushed under weight of all this stuff going on, okay? Nothing's wrong, in our, no, nothing's wrong with us. It's just there's a lot of stuff going on that we're really having to deal with. And we, she, she had this whole conversation with us about, well, let's talk about dreams and joy and happiness. And we looked at her like she was crazy. <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, and she's like, well, you know, what could you do right now if you wanted to? And we just kind of looked at each other and looked at her. And I said, this is really sad. Like, how can we not sit here and think of something joyful to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, we had this whole conversation. And at the end of the conversation, I I told her something that I think will apply to what you're saying. And I said, you know, not to be all melodramatic, but I have a very, very difficult childhood. And then I've had a lot of hurt in my life. I was Mm -hmm. like, and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm really good at taking thoughts captive when it relates to sin in my life. Oh, I'm not going to sin. You know, I can recognize and be self-aware. Okay. Um, I'm really good at taking thoughts captive about the lies that I was taught about myself growing up, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. and, and even taking thoughts captive when it relates to not believing, you know, what the gospel says about me, you know, or that God is who he says he is. Yeah. And I realized in that conversation yesterday that I'm not so great at taking thoughts captive that are preventing me from walking fully in abundant joy and peace. Mm. Okay, so that's yeah. kind of what I'm telling you is I feel like, it, and I feel like I'm kind of jumping around because I'm doing like this Bible study and this counseling, but I'm doing this Armor of God Bible study, and uh-huh. in it, she talks about how Satan attacks us where we're weakest, which we're usually most self-aware of, and yeah. where we're strongest, and if he can't get us where we're weakest, he's going to attack us where we're strongest, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so just recognizing that you're embarking upon something and renewing a dream, right? And you're, you're committed to it and you're receiving confirmation and affirmation and you're in purpose and finances and funding and people to come alongside you. So, of mm-hmm. course, you're, you're going to be attacked in some way to try to prevent you from moving forward, right? And mm-hmm. so just, just kind of think through that. You know, if it's this one-on-one conversation, you know, you're not writing – sadly, to serve your friends or family most of the time, right? You're writing to serve people that you may not necessarily know in real life. Um, And so you have to learn how to take the thought captive of, oh, what will these people think? Because they're not your audience. And not to be rude, but it doesn't matter what they think. (laughs) They're not your audience. Does that make sense? They're not who God purpose you to speak to. Yeah. No, I need need to hear this because that, yeah. 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 
Um, And it's why when I talk to my mother-in-law, whom I adore, who still asks me when I'm going to get a job, um, I don't talk to her about my business. You know, if she asks, I'll say, oh, it's going great. Thanks so much. You know, how are you doing? (laughs) Like, I always change the Mm Yeah. Because I know if I go down that rabbit trail with her, she'll start asking questions like, now, what is it you do? And people pay me to do what? And why are you on the Internet all the time? And like you're reading books, how are you making enough money to you know? And she she yeah. means the best, you know. Yeah. She really does, but, but she doesn't yeah. get it. No, so she's, I I just Peggy Bundy in her head, sitting and yeah. being on the internet. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. and again, and this will be a, a good case in point for you. Part of it is she's colored by knowing you before salvation. Okay. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I was a trauma victim who did not realize that I was like crazy. <laughs> Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I was, I'm serious. You know, Uh I thought I was very high functioning in a work environment, but at home I was a wreck. I couldn't take care of myself and I couldn't take care of my children and I wasn't the most effective wife or mother or whatever. And so she sometimes, you know, sees me through the lens of the girl that didn't know how to be a mom or a wife, you know, or didn't know how to clean her house and didn't know how to cook. Like, I'm serious. And and so when she sees, oh, I'm, I work from home in my pajamas, she yeah, probably yeah. thinks I'm lying in bed staring at the ceiling and not doing anything, <laughs> you know? But it's right. not true. And so that right. just reiterates my point to you. Is she sees me through the lens of who I was, not necessarily yeah. who God has made me to be. Um, so just kind of hold on to that. You know, I have to separate my ministry from my personal life all the time. Yeah. Um, my husband didn't really, really, really get it until this last year and a half, you know, Mm -hmm. he supported me. He's like, I don't know what you're doing, but I'll help you. But now he gets it so much that he wants to work with me. Okay. So no, I'm serious. So like, you know, just keeping moving forward and doing the things that you're doing and putting your trust and your hope and the people that get your dream will equip you to keep moving forward. Right. You just got to take the thoughts captive and, um, yeah, I, like I have neighbors that are, they joke around because they really don't get what I do, but they're not the people I go to for that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's just compartmentalizing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Compartmentalizing your relationships in a way where you have safe places for the different areas that God has called you to will help you tremendously. Yeah. You know? Yep. Make thank sense? you. Yes, it does. it does. Yay! I hope it's encouraging. So, yeah. It is. Basically, it is. I, basically I just that. do what I tell you to do, and we'll all be great. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I don't mean that. I just mean, I mean, just, Bottom you know, line. I'm going to, yeah, yeah, and I mean that in the most loving way. You know, I'm going to tell you to do things that are, might sometimes feel uncomfortable, but, yeah. y- you know, it's, it's part of building this audience and this platform and this presence. Um, and remember, think how I started. I went from working for someone else for $20, $40 an hour doing their administrative stuff, right, mm-hmm. to having a full-blown website where people would have no idea. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's not because – it's because it was true. I was stepping into who I was really made to be. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. how you need to view yourself. Like. Yeah. I needed to take that step and I needed to trust and it's resulted in a business I couldn't even imagine three years ago, you know? Yeah. So yeah. you just have to step into who God wants you to be in this and, and confidently move forward in it, knowing you're going to have rejection, knowing you're going to have people who don't understand, knowing you're going to have people who think you're crazy, 
knowing there are going to be days where you wake up and go, why the heck am I doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's just par for the course, you know. Um, yeah. And and compared to my years working in marketing where I got up every day and went to a nine-to-five job and made a bazillion dollars, I hated my life then. Yeah. I did. I had no purpose. I had no passion. I had no – I was just a cog in the machine, you know. Um, so, so, you know, just be encouraged that – it's not an easy path, but it's definitely a relational path that really helps you help people and make an impact in their life, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. So your homework is to continue to work on your spreadsheet. Um, I'll go in and start adding um, a few people, especially to the peer influencer, or I'm sorry, the um, top influencer piece. Um, and then I, I have a few clients that I'm reaching out to via email to see if they have time and bandwidth and space and all that. And once they okay. say yes, I'll put them on the parent influencers. And when okay. I put something on there, I usually just put a note, you know, my initials or something that I added them so you know where they okay. came from. And then um, we set up – hold on. Yeah, we have – We set up a call. Hold on a second. Let me pull up my calendar. That's what I'm trying to do. I thought I... When did we set this up for? It was in November, I think. Hold on. November 10th. Okay. So we can keep that call if you feel like this two-ish weeks is enough time for you. Um, or we could move it... When is your closing again? December something? December 12th. No, let's keep okay. it. Let's keep it okay. because it's going to force me. I work better under a deadline, so okay. let's keep it. Um, yeah, and that'll be the day after my taping. So okay, good. Okay, that's fine. We'll leave it for now, and then if we need to move right. anything later, we will. It's not a problem. Okay. okay. But right. the intention is to, if, if we're going to have that call on the tenth, is is to have as much of the spreadsheet wrapped up as possible by then, okay. because right. your assignment would be to then go start reaching out to those people after. Um, okay. And then, and then also to start working on some of the content, okay. you know, for the campaign. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I think that'll awesome. be good because I can focus on the houses. Like this part of it's done, and so for now to the tent. I mean, there's not much else I can do here personally right now. It's just a matter of you know, like boxing stuff up when I feel like it. But um, we're having Thanksgiving here, so we're not getting rid of a lot of stuff yet. So. Mm-hmm. The big push is not going to be till after that. You know, I, I maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe the next session we have to change. But I think we keep the tenth, and I will work hard between now and then to get that. Okay. And if you're stuff. if you're if you're not getting much of a response from like, um, oh, what's the word? Um, just posting the links, you know, um, in the Facebook mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, find the members in the group and message them individually you know, the people okay. that you actually have a relationship with. That's another okay. option. Okay. All right. Okay. I know it's a little more time consuming, but sometimes yeah. Facebook doesn't show those. That's the other thing. The groups are great, but they're kind of subject to the same algorithms now. Mm-hmm. So if the, if the group is not as active, right, mm-hmm. um, then not everybody it's, – it's the same thing. If the group's not active yeah. um, and you post something in it, not many people are going to see it in the group. Yeah. So okay. mes- messaging them individually might help you in that respect. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I do have a list of people that, um, like other bloggers, maybe that I've guest posted 
not even about this subject, but other bloggers that are Christian bloggers that I know um, would be in this niche that I they're in these groups, but then I thought maybe I should reach out to them. So maybe I'll do that. I'll say, hey, you know, do you know if you saw it, I posted it in Positively Real Media, but I don't know if you saw it and send mm-hmm. it to them that way. That's a good idea. Okay. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Well, I'll send you. I'll send you notes. This is a little bit more of an encouraging, encouraging call, but I'll send you um, just a brief rundown, and then um, I'll continue to work on the things I'm working on. And if you have any questions in between now and the next call, just let me know. Okay, we'll do. Okay. All right, awesome. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.